You're listening to the Flame of Throne Blogcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be a do-it-yourself musician. Songwriting, recording, touring, marketing, music gear, good old-fashioned band banter. It's me, me. Well, all those names. Flame of Throne is a metal band from Perth, Australia. For more info, head to flameofthrone.com and subscribe to this show in your podcast app. Just say the word and I shall be healed. Oh, I mean, welcome to the Climb the Throne podcast. You are uh, here with Father Capriotti and Father Large on a lovely Sunday morning. Thanks for coming out. That intro is so fucking long, by the way. It's a uh, new one. Ah, uh, Yeah, the one that I haven't fixed yet. So I assume we're still using the long one. Is that okay for one more week? Of course, man. I like to keep it fresh here. I like so. how long Kevin is yelling for. I also love how hurried you're speaking in it. <laughs> Okay, guys, I've got a lot to say in such a short amount of time. It's going to end up taking a long time, but I'm going to speak it really quick. <laughs> that could be the new intro. It could be. You did well. It went well. It went well. We are Claim the Throne from a country called Australia, and we do metal and other things. Some of the things we do include talking a lot on uh, audio equipment for you to uh, subscribe to on the old iTunes and whatever other shit there is. And leave us a review and tell your friends and uh, drink a beer and spew in the cup. Nice. What's happening, mate? Uh, nothing really. Got a gig tomorrow. Yeah, we do. Gonna play that. Oh, mm-hmm. don't sound too excited. Oh, well, fucking, it's just my life, mate. Playing gigs. Playing gigs. Nah, I'm quite happy about it. It's going to be a good show. It's pretty cool bands on The Bill, the old Rust in Perth. The show, The Bill. Um, yeah, the bill, the bill lorry <laughs> and fucking shut up telephone. Oh, it's one sleet hats. Well, oh, of course it is. Netty noodle. Yeah. Something sleet related. Probably. Have you heard the new panopticon? Have you heard it? It seems to be releasing stuff all the time. Is there a new panopticon? Oh, I signed up when I bought the album and there mm. that label that ironed rune records or whatever it's called sends an update like once a week. And it seems like. Panopticon dude is back in the studio and yeah. just, I don't know, I get smashed with fucking emails from them. And it seems like they're releasing an album every other week, but who knows? It's funny, ever since that uh, Neddy Noodle top 50 um, hottest 100 countdown, mm-hmm. when we'd never heard of Panopticon, a lot of people talk about them now. Mm. Um, so obviously, obviously Neddy started slate. off there. Um, yeah, Slate sprayed his face all over the metal scene of Australia and Panopticon is a big thing now. Yeah, funny that. I listened to a band a few weeks ago called, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's it's as if it was the word saw, as in saw like an eagle, but it, the A and the O are switched. So it's like oh, I've sail. Heard that. Um, yeah, that's okay. pretty good. Not bad. I from memory. From memory. Quite the epic. The last one. Yeah. Whatever the last one was, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, I listened to it a fair bit. And then I looked at his back catalogue. And found that the second album of his was drummed by the Panopticon dude. Oh, so that is a one-man band as well. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. And so he sent, oh. I think he sent tracks because Say, Say Or or whatever, Sour, uh, based in the, the UK and Old Mates based in fucking Alabama or some shit. So, yeah. yeah and the one, I read some reviews of it. Just only because I noticed on the Encyclopedia Metalama that um, Metal Archives that there was like a one-star review and the guy's like, 
this is dog shit, blah, 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 which I disagree with. I think it's pretty really? cool. But yeah, you yeah. said a big reason it's shit is because the drumming of this guy from Panopticon just doesn't suit it. Mm, it's like he's, okay. you know, he's accusing, well, it seems to be like accusing this guy of just like going to him for a bit of one man band cred or something. But yep. whatever, losers will be losers. Mm. I heard the, I just had a quick little sneaky Google of it while we were talking and I heard that Aura album, which I thought was the latest, but actually it's not. They had a new one last year, only in November. So like What's that called? Uh, Guardians. Is it Blue? Yeah, it's Blue. Yeah, that's the one I listened to. I thought I it was pretty good. I have heard that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I it thought was... the last one was pretty good. I remember one Paul Descurney from Perth raving about it for a while. Oh, he would, hey. He would, yeah. Yeah, he's got an interesting, <laughs> you know, he, he likes Bellacore, for instance. And for a thrash guy, that's, yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Thrash people, Smitty included, they tend to like everything. It's just that thrash is best, I guess. Thrash yeah. Um, that's, that's one true. reason I do love Facebook, if I'm selective about whose posts I see. Mm-hmm. I get some serious metal recommendations off it. Yeah, yeah. Which can be good. And really weird-ass underground things. So, don't know where these people are finding these bands, but mm. whatevs. Aura is the one with that guy on it. The other the, black... That drummer. Yeah, a lot of these underground black metal bands are, are just one-man things, right? Actually, maybe it's fucking not. Even all the um, the Russian and Ukrainian stuff that you find in the deep depths of eBay when you search black metal and scroll through 15 pages. Yeah. And get to like Hate Forest or Drunk <laughs> or Deathspell Amiga or something. Yeah, Deathspell Amiga are pretty cool. And yeah. I call it Omega. Deathspell Omega, I don't know how it's said. Yeah, the <laughs> this guy who reviewed it, um, he says... Freaking horrendously bad. So I had to, I had to read it about the album Aura that you said is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, anyway, whatever. Enough about sale. They would have been that Guardians would have been album of the week if we did more podges over the Christmas period, but too late. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about album of the week mm-hmm. and uh, getting suggestions from me, mate Ash, at the pub I'll be. Yeah, but until then, what else are we talking about today? Do you look forward to a gig if we're playing tomorrow? Um, yeah, the last couple, I, I look forward to the experience of playing the gig. Um, and lately, as you know, I've been looking forward to the experience of jamming as well. Um, but the last couple have coincided with some like serious, serious, some sort of major life events in general. One being currently moving house. Um, and we rehearsed last night. I don't know if you noticed, um, Besides the fact that I hadn't eaten food for about 12 hours mm. and was dehydrated. So I got and pissed, drunk off uh, feral. I got Warhawks. pissed off like one can of beer because I was <laughs> so um, on the move yesterday. But also, I was just freaking struggling to play it. And we recorded it. I listened back and I thought, oh, summer. You know, you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. Like while I was stuck in traffic this morning. All right. Can we come back to this when you finish your. Long sentence? Yeah, my long sentence basically is, yeah, I look forward to gigs most of the time. I only don't look forward to them if 
there's something crazy happening at the same time or if I'm not happy about the gig itself. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you? About the same. We were having, we were just having a quick chat before we press record, which we stopped and decided to talk about it on the podcast instead. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was thinking lately, a lot of the time, I, um, I'm excited to accept a gig and then it gets close to it and I just can't be bothered because of life being in the way. Mm, mm. And I just like to complain when I've got lots of things happening. I'm like, I'm so busy and all that sort mm. of shit, as everyone does. Um, but yeah, I think I would be quite happy playing a gig every single weekend, even if they're at shithole venues with zero payers, just for fun. I don't know. You just see some of the new bands that start up and they hell hustling on the scene and just playing everywhere and it just sort of looks fun mm. I guess but that being said that's just in a sort of dream world I guess because at the same time I also like being strategic about what gigs you, you or we would decide to play mm-hmm. um, you know and booking our own and getting the lineups we want and marketing it properly and having a reason for playing the gig and promoting something or, you know, just getting the time to prepare for it and doing it properly. So playing well. a fun show isn't reason enough. It's got to be like 15 year <laughs> anniversary of getting pubes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. I remember back to the days when we started and we would play anything, including band comp, like battle of the bands. <laughs> yeah. Fucking anything opening at the shooters venue in Perth to no one and being pretty happy about it. But I remember the feeling of being a new band and you're trying to sort of impress anyone that you can, even if there's five people there and they all love you. And back in the day when there was westernfront.com.au and people would go on the forum and give you a good rap for that gig, even though no one was there, (laughs) then the next gig you get a few more people and you sell a bit more stuff. And it's just like the whole hustle of building your name up. So, I don't know. Yeah, 15 years later, it's a bit of a different environment. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Depends what mood I'm in, really, as well. Sometimes I'm like, I do not want to play any more gigs for the next three years until we have a new CD. That's what I The next day when I'm on half a bottle of wine, I want to play every weekend. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Um, I've been thinking a lot about what makes me even play in a band at all. Um, when these days we've got all the stuff available to us, like um, I remember scratching together 500 bucks in gig money from a kitty, probably personally putting in each, a little bit from each member to get a demo of, I think it was only two, it was three songs, tracks for three songs, right? 500 bucks and it was in a dude's house. It came out fine. Honestly, it was fine. Um and then now I think of the gear that this guy had and the gear that we've got available to us now and 500 bucks, like people will do that recording 20 times more capably with this new technology for frigging yeah. just for a laugh these days. I mean, heck, I do that shit a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, even last night, just being able to take a laptop down to rehearsal, stick a mic in the room and yeah, it's not the greatest recording, but being... I don't know, just being able to do a record a set and get it out there um, fucking easily. What? How long did it take me to set up? Five minutes? Well, now that we're back at this subject, I'd like to know. Like, how long did it take you to set up and what did you do and why? 
I just stuck, well, we've got a fill-in bass player for this gig and um, he's not able to jam with us. So I basically recorded a set mostly to capture the songs that he's never played with us before. Um, so most of the set he's cool with, but there's just the general cues that, or cumes as I like to call them, <laughs> that happen when you play Lace live. In yeah. So you get to the end of the chorus and there's a ring out. How many snare hits is it before it comes in or who, where are the cues? Cumes. Yeah, awesome. So yeah. That's he's an gonna, amazing thing to do for a fill-in player who hasn't jammed before the gig. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that'll give him a wealth of confidence or after the listen back, it might go, oh my God, Ash is the shittest drummer in amazing America or whatever. One thing we didn't do was um, discuss linking of songs. Oh yeah. Whether that will take him off guard or not. Oh, we'll just talk about it on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I'll just make something up when I print the set list today at work, which I forgot to do. And then uh, surprise you guys on stage and get you to wing it. Yeah, that's cool. But um, so recording a jam. So we had two guitars and a keyboard and a drum yeah, and one microphone. Is that what happened? So the very mic I'm speaking on right now was positioned above the drum kit, pointing into the center of the room. And I didn't, I didn't actually listen to any playback. What I did was got Cabba to play some guitar. It seemed to be coming through about halfway on my meters. Then I hit a snare drum a few times and it didn't seem to be much more or less than what Cabba had done so i just went okay levels are good um but yeah listening back today there's as per normal fucking way more snare drum than anything else can in you it. hear any instruments or just drums yeah you can you can hear actually everything but it's very wow. low like if i had a um if i had a second mic closer to you guys um i'd like to experiment with something like that one day but i tell you what man Al Smith told us years ago that it's very handy for pre-production just to throw a microphone into the room and just have a listen. Yeah, that's one thing we generally don't do, which I would reckon we should. Mm. But then listening to it, for you to already be able to listen to it, does that mean, because you had your laptop, you've already exported it, edited it, anything, put it on your phone? Is that what you've done? Yeah, yeah. So this morning before I did my first carload of shit... I threw open the laptop in Reaper, cut the songs down. So we did do a lot of funny talking, but the length of the MP3, oh, sorry, the, of the WAV file was like fucking an hour and 20 minutes, like the length of our whole jam. So I cut down the songs in between. So there's like two or three seconds between each one and then bounced it off as just as a WAV and put it, then chucked it on my actual computer and then because the snare was really cutting through a lot and a lot of the drums were like sort of spiking over the top of everything, I just used a bunch of compression to knock knock that down to a, a close as I could a level to the rest of the instruments. Um, and if I wanted to go crazy with it, I could have used like um, some EQ, full-on EQ and try and get the guitars to pop and suppress the drums. But that wasn't what it was all about. And to be honest, if I was... If I wanted a better recorded product, I would have actually put some more time into it. But yeah, for a rough and ready thing, it's pretty easy. And yeah, just bounced it off as an MP3, sent it to Owen mm -hmm. via Dropbox, actually, I chose this time because it, seem, it seems to upload quicker than WeTransfer. But after this morning, I actually don't think it does. Really? 
Yeah, Wait, it's about so to transferring, say. not sort of uploading and giving the link on Dropbox. No, because we've got a a Dropbox folder that's yep. for Point Breakdown from years ago. Okay. And I noticed that in the Dropbox the other day, and I thought oh, I'll use that. So just um, because then he'll get a notification that I've updated it. Yep. Um, like the other day, I got an update. Brendan has modified your folder, and I was going to screen cap and I say, did. "What did I do?" Ah, uh, this is it's secret claim of throne business. Oh, okay. Remember, I created that Dropbox for you of stuff. Yeah, and I linked do. certain people to it. Yeah, that um, I got an email when you added or changed the name of it or did something really sort of minor. And um, Harold yeah. Minor. Uh, I'm thinking E Minor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, recording jams, man. Listening back today, I thought, fucking hell. I can... Last night, I had a certain feeling like the first half of the set was good and then sort of fatigue and drunkenness kicked in. The second half was bad. Listen back today and I was like, you know what? The stuff I thought I was shit at, I was fine at. The stuff I thought I was awesome at, I was also fine at. And it just kind of like the whole set was average. Mm. And then I heard some um, some wild vocals from from ye all and i was gonna say can you hear vocals uh barely more yeah you know what you can you can but it's quite low one thing i would like to listen back to is my clean vocals because at the time i feel like i'm because i'm thinking in my head as i'm going i'm like i'm just hitting certain notes and stuff but then often if i would listen back i go fuck i was just a bit short on that note yeah fortune in flame seemed like a tough tough night for you last night that's particularly hard yeah yeah and, and that's, well, not just that, but a few things I heard. I thought, fuck, I've never noticed that this has happened before. And I've never noticed that some of the, like, ways I do a drum beat when I'm trying to be faithful to the CD don't actually sound that good, doesn't flow. Mm. And then okay. I'd, I'd modify stuff and then listening back to it, I'm like, wow, that actually sounds really cool. So, yeah, maybe we should do it a little bit more. And it's probably probably something we should invest in doing with more than one mic which i mean i've got the shit so it'd just take an extra couple of minutes set up but once you know once the shit is once you know how to capture it it's just easy to do and to be honest why would i need to be honest about this the kemper has multiple outputs we could plug them directly into a mixer um and then we could focus more a microphone at the pa speakers to get the keyboards and the vocals and then incidentally get the drums because they're always so loud um yeah and then we've got at least some control over what we hear a little bit better and we've spoken before about even be able to hear all of that at the time if we can mix and all wear headphones in some way or another yeah i still think about that all the time um and there's no easy way to do it because some of those things we spoke about jam jamendo or whatever was that called uh, jam, jam hub play or jam hub that's one so jam hub is all in mono which in theory works fine but then i'm pretty sure you oh, oh fuck i should just get the specs out i'm pretty sure then your mix might be in mono hmm. anyway it probably actually it probably doesn't matter if you compare it at the end of the fact that that would be pretty cool but i kind of feel like it's going to come in at a big wash of mono and it's going to actually still be hard to figure out who's dicey and who's cabba in terms of guitar parts um yeah that sort of shit 
differentiating. But yeah, the ideal mm. way to do it would be having like a big mixing desk and a, a multi-bus system where you can like send auxiliary mixes to each person. But that's just fucking, that's professional shit, you know, a lot <laughs> of money. It mm. is. So it's a lot of cash and you'd, you don't want to set that up for a two or three hour jam. Yeah. Like you need a dude dedicated to doing that, yep. I reckon. The opportunity cost of spending time doing that means not practicing or not writing something new or whatever. Yeah. What about the um, clicks in the ears last night? Yeah, I similar thing. I've toyed with the idea of using click tracks live. Um, I have for other bands, but not never for Claim the Throne. But I'll often jam with them, especially if we haven't jammed in a while, just to get my head around the general tempos. The only tricky thing is that certain songs, Zephyrus, for instance, World Grows Dull, On Desolate Plains, which is one of the newer ones, they have timing, like not just timing changes, but literal tempo changes throughout the song. Yeah, if you don't have your clicks all sorted, um, yeah, you can't nail, nail that shit. It's also hard to get like effective monitoring because you're trying to block everything out in your ears bar the click. But then because we don't have a complex setup, I can't hear Cabba. So what I've been doing is just trialing out running scratch tracks from our recordings yep. through my backing track. But that that fucks up too because then if you guys fuck up, I have no idea and I can't adapt to you. And also um, if because I haven't done anything too set in stone, you guys aren't aware of me just like, well, I'm going to count you into that next section. Usually we have a ring out of about 10 seconds when we do it live. I'm just going to jump in after three and you're going to have to deal with it. I think it's something we need to come up with together if we're going to do it yep. and figure out a plan. What do you reckon about clicks? Uh, look, I don't know. I mean, as an outsider playing guitar with a drummer who has clicks in, it feels quite good and it's noticeably slower because you always speed up. With, not you, sorry. A band would always speed up. <laughs> Me for sure, though, because you you just get in that zone, and I don't know, you're feeling it, and you're rushing, not rushing through it, but especially as a metal band, it's just natural to go faster, I guess. So just having um something just to make you play the song at its actual speed, it can feel slow, but then as you just ease into the song, you're like, this feels so good, and I can actually play everything properly so i'm an avocado for it last night it was mentioned that des no world grows dull felt slow is that correct mm. and um the comment generally was just that oh yeah it felt really slow but i know we're doing it to the click of the album yeah the thing is about that is i actually did crank that up maybe five beats a minute because oh no 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 no, no. sorry i didn't that was at album speed listening back to it on the recording this morning told me holy shit don't go any faster than that that's perfect and yep. so that's to your point now the other side of it is something like set sail and l which over the years we've just sort of ramped up the speed <laughs> of yep. and we used to jam it at 220 beats a minute on the clock sometimes 225 last night i chose i thought that's feeling too quick lately so i i knocked it back to like 217 which is ridiculous but enough and yeah listening back to it i thought fuck that is just way too fast i think it's too fast and it feels fun to play and good but i notice 
and, and we can all of us get through it fine. But when I was listening back, I thought, fuck, imagine being in the audience and like one of our songs that a lot of, especially local people really love. And we just like play it at like blistering pace compared to the EP. Maybe there's something to just getting used to playing shit at a closer to normal speed. It's interesting thought. Hey, I always put myself in that position as a fanboy myself of a lot of bands. I go to watch them and I try and think about what I want to see, you know, what songs I want them to play, how I want them to play them, that sort of thing. I'll give you a case study. One of my favorite bands, Suadakra, who I've spoken about several times. And I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see a few times overseas, but it's always been at festivals where they have a half an hour set and they've got like 15 albums or something. So they just sort of pick all the, you know, a song or two off each album, which everyone's had videos and it's just all the, the classic stuff and you know what you're going to see and, and that's all well and good. That's cool. Uh, last year I saw their latest album release in Germany in a small little tiny club with like 50 payers, maybe less possibly. And um and they had a really long set, so I was hell pumped to see for the first time seeing him in a club show and just seeing maybe they might play all these old classic songs that I really love. But yeah, it was a, a lot of songs off their new album, which I didn't know yet. So whilst it's cool to see that, I don't know, like I'm excited to see other stuff, I guess. And a lot of their older songs would be done differently and they had, you know, different band members than they used to and they had... They had a female vocalist who was coming on and off stage and she was sort of fucking the old songs up for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off, just let him go off. And and perhaps another example would be Arch Enemy with that re-recording of whatever fucking album they did or, you know, re-recording the old songs with a new vocalist and a new take. And it's all cool and everything and, and you know, you appreciate the effort they're putting in to make those songs sound good, but you just want the original, you know. And that's how I was sort of viewing it last night uh, or this morning even as a, not even as a fan. Well, fuck, I was a fan of Claim of Throne before I joined the band, which is something you hear a lot in interviews. I can't believe I just said it. I did that with Red Descending. Ah, yeah, exactly. And to listen to it, back to it and hearing, um, hearing something like Set Sail, you think, you think, fuck, this is the part where people are supposed to mill this is the part where they're supposed to be singing. This is the part where this is happening. And like we made those conscious decisions when we recorded the album. We did pre-production on um, Forged in Flame and even on this new one for fucking like a year before. Why would we go fucking around with the tempos for live? I don't. And and I think the biggest point is that a few beats a minute does matter. See, I think how we got in this situation to start with is that we all listen to some fucking fast music in our normal lives so then when we go to play um we all sort of look at each other and go does that feel slow let's ramp (laughs) it up and then instead of i say oh okay so how much and they're like five beats a minute would do it oh no it feels a bit slow let's do it 10 and then next minute you're playing a song and it's not until about three quarters of the way through in a certain part where you realize, fuck, this is just off the charts for this particular <laughs> song. And like drumming's one thing because like drum beats are pretty malleable. Like the slow song that we play might have the same drum beat as a really fast song we play. So it doesn't matter. Like if I play that type of beat fast or slow, it's the same for me. Whereas with you guys, 
trying to go between notes like singing intervals or perhaps a lead or uh, just a something that's supposed to have a lot of feel maybe it's just not allowed to do what we intended it to do if things are just fucking blistering fast and I was actually shocked at how fast some of the shit is that we were playing um, even the stuff that felt pretty good last night listening to it back I was like man not only would it I think come across better to the crowd but also um, it'd probably just feel a lot more nice for us to play I guess the other thing is you start feeling more confident the more you're playing it when you first write songs I don't know you just yeah doing them as they're meant to be and then yeah after jamming it every week for six years you're just smashing through it you feel confident you want to vary it up a bit and you know yeah we're listening to different stuff like you said as well oh the other thing I was going to say sorry cut you off while I remember often you're not you again but a, a band is constrained by a set length so you have 30 minutes you need to fit all your songs in as soon as you go back to playing them at their normal speed, that's one song you've got to chop off the set list. Just another thought, I guess, as to why some why a band might speed it up in the first place, perhaps. You get to jam and you go, let's smash through this and no breaks and whatever, and we just need to, let's see how much we can fit into half an hour. And so you just get that momentum up and you, you're speeding through it. Speedy Gonzalez. Heaps less talking between songs these days, I reckon. Point of quality over quantity, I guess. Just really focusing on that music. And if you can link a few songs and really smash it out for 10, 15 minutes of solid music and really make that do the talking for you, then you can take that step back and talk shit, claim the throne, uh, textbook shit talking for five minutes or so while you rest up and give the crowd a break and get a few laughs and good vibe going on and then get straight back into it. What have you been listening to this week, Cabba? <laughs> <laughs> what have I been listening to? Straight into this shit. Uh, one thing that you know that I'll mention, but one other thing is um, with the breakup of the band Agalock that we're both fans of, have you heard that new song by, uh, well, since their breakup, the, the singer whatever his name is, singer-slash-guitarist, has started a new band called Pelorian. Pelorian? Something like that. I'll put it in the... Show notes. Claimthethrone.com. Yeah, one song out, and it's due out this year. Soon enough, I think. Pretty soon. Uh, so, yeah, I listened to that several times. Highly enjoying it. It's a long, epic, Agalok-styled song, but in more of a black metal vein that Agalok has done. Where it's not sort of grim black metal, but they do their own sort of style of black metal. Um, not a lot of of uh, really laid back, chilled out stuff that Agalock are renowned for. A bit more pedal to the metal. And uh, I give it five thumbs up. Yeah, I decided not to listen to it because I heard some dudes say it was like pretty generic black metal and disappointing. Yeah, I would not call it generic black metal. I would call it generic Agalock, perhaps. Um, if you th if you think of an album like uh, Marrow of the Spirit, the first song off that perhaps. From what it sounds like to me, it's just a continuation of Agalock with a different band name and different band members, I'm assuming, and, and the other band members are going to do what they're going to do. So I wasn't really hoping for something overly different or exciting or new. I just want Agalock to continue basically. And if they're going to, if it's going to happen under a different band name, I'm happy. 
anyway, I think the song's really cool, worth checking out. Yeah. No, I also read a lot of bad reviews about it as well, which I don't really get. YouTube comments. Yeah, people commenting saying they're underwhelmed and stuff like that. But I don't know. I thought it was it was fine. It was good. On that note, though, I'm really enjoying the way music works at the moment, where bands are releasing a song like months and months before the album comes out. You enjoy that? I am enjoying it, yeah, because you can get the songs on Spotify. You can get uh, a lot of the, the webzine sites or, I don't know, pre-stream a song or something or uh, or SoundCloud even. Sometimes bands will have one song that's out months in advance. And it, I don't know, I think it's cool. It gives a bit of a lead up to the album release and keeps your ears pricked for more news on it. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about the whole releasing one song and then um, having your album come out later is that I can't even think of the name of the band, but the album was called King Delusion and the fucking band name escapes me because what happened is I was talking about it a few weeks ago. It would be easy to find on Google, but it interested me for whatever reason. Found it on Apple Music, added it to my library and all the songs were browned out. And you could only get the one song. Oh, okay. So yep. I deliberately oh. didn't listen to it because I thought, uh, I just want to listen to it as a, a whole album. And then I realized that the fucking album's been out. Like it hasn't updated in my phone. So what I really needed to do was delete it and then find it again and then mm. sound, uh, download it. So I did that this morning and something's knackered up while I've been doing it. And so the neither of the versions is on my phone. So I couldn't even fucking tell you what the band's called anymore because it was something I just noticed in passing. Nailed to Obscurity? That's the one. Is it good? Don't know because I never got to listen to it. <laughs> we'll check it out. I definitely will. We'll put it on uh, the show notes. Yeah. The other one recently, which I actually think I spoke about a few episodes ago, was that band Soen. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Who, uh, sort of like a tool rip-off-y thing, but with a Scandinavian feel, Martin Lopez from Opeth and all that. I love it, man. I've actually always quite enjoyed that band, even though I think they're highly unoriginal. Yeah. But the longer they've been around, I find them becoming more original. And so they did the uh, the, the one song release thing, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. But then they've done a second song release before the album comes out. And that is particularly fucking awesome. Would highly recommend a really long, epic, sort of slow... Pink Floyd influenced Tooly sort of thing mm-hmm. um, But really dark sounding Really cool And yeah listen to that on Spotify Got all excited about This style of music and I was like Fuck, Maybe there's heaps of bands out there that I just Am not keeping up with that sound like this now But all the recommended bands From Spotify that sound like So on apparently were all shit I hated every one of them Yeah, okay. Um, which if nothing else probably is a compliment to someone that they're doing something really cool that no one else can sound like that. Yeah, okay. So I'm particularly looking forward to the, the new album by them when it's out. Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed by you. I could pull up that Soen album and then Apple Music won't just automatically... It's not that it won't automatically download it to my phone, but it'll show up as the songs haven't been released yet. Yeah. And even now, I've just noticed that the release date for this... Uh, Nail to Obscurity is today oh, and right. all of the songs and I just happened by chance checked it this morning and then this whole fuck up happened and this, the second song on the album can't be downloaded so it's like they've released every song but the second song 
what the hell? And it's pissing me off because it's like too much work to mm. like wait around. I don't want to listen to, you know, an album missing a song or two. Like it just seems kind of dumb. Um, yeah. I, I find it strange that they will release all the song titles like that before the album's released as well. Mm. Um, Spotify's just, yeah, one song. I don't think it even tells you an album title or anything. It just comes up as a new song, so you don't know whether there even is an album or if they've just put it out, I guess. And album art and everything? Good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head. It might just be a band picture. Yeah. Well, in Apple Music, there's album art there. Yeah, right. It's very strange. I'll check back on that tomorrow and see if the second song's Mm. out. But it's something that fucks me off because, you know, on Netflix, you wait for a bit and then a season of a program comes out and you can watch every single episode. Why would you ever put out... I I get the singles thing, but if you're going to do the rest of it, just put the whole thing out. It's it's not teasing anyone. It's just shitting them off, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah. Because why are you doing doing it in album format if, if you don't want people to listen to it as an album, you know? Totally. I guess it's just building that hype sort of thing. Um, but I get that because obviously I'm an album person and I prefer to hear the album as a whole as opposed to one song. But I think one song's fine, but like it maybe appears to me because this morning there was two songs blanked out. So it's like they've slowly introduced it up until the release date and it's like, do your single, that's your teaser, and then just give us the fucking album. Yep. Like you do a trailer for a movie, then you don't get the movie with the middle 20 minutes knocked out of it. Like I'd have to fucking, I thought it was coming out on this date, you bastard. Don't fucking tease me with it. With like four different tracks. Anyway, enough, enough. So is there another album of the week or this was it? <sighs> that was never it because I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> um, I don't really have an album of the week. Both things yeah. I think I've talked to you about. Um, uh, I went to Sydney and saw the King show with Bang oh, yeah. Silda and Ruins. And Dead yep. River Runs Dry, which was a pretty cool gig. And like we were talking about before, it's nice to go to a gig and then just not have any fucking um, obligation to the gig. So I rocked yep. up on doors, had drinks, chatted with people after. It was my decision to hang around and get pissed with Razor Ray, which was fucking awesome. Um, chatting to Aaron about his Les Paul studio. And then having beers afterwards and then I just left. But what it did get me to do is check out um, Bane of Asilda on Apple Music and it's there okay. and yeah I listened to that shit on the plane on the way home haven't heard the album Black Wings hello Sophie in quite She's a while up my wine. oh yeah good work I appreciate that I wish you could get me a beer while you're there mad dog can you get Ash a beer <laughs> um, yeah so it was cool to re-listen to that stuff and also just like being a little bit older and a bit of a different headspace. Yep. Um, you know, I liked it before, but yeah, listening to it with almost fresh ears was fucking awesome. Um, especially after watching them play live was really cool too. I feel like if they keep it up, they could come out with something really special. Like they've just got that potential there with a, re- a really cool sort of, yeah, Viking metal cross black metal sort of sound, mm. dissection influenced. Yeah, I feel like they're on the cusp of something really good. That's sooner or later. Yeah, I really fucking love it. And watching them play, I haven't seen them play in years, man. Um, yeah, Perth audiences, check them out at Stormrider Festival because it's it's pretty sweet mm. and awesome dudes to boot. So so that's a and good so thing. you didn't have to set up drums and play a gig. 
So no. that was pretty sick. Got to laugh at the metal freaks, hang out with Tonebone, <laughs> have a drink with uh, Ray and Aaron. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. That would be my album of the week. Um, honorable mentions would be that new uh, Skull Cave live song called oh, Bleak. Oh, good call, man. Good call. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they filmed it at um, this studio called Sleepwalkers Dread. I've been meaning to watch that. I've only only heard the audio, but you've talked about that video. Sounds awesome. Yeah, the you know the video is just the video. But what I appreciate, especially after listening to our jam the other night, was they've done it in a take. Um, and I read a little interview on it that I think that's their third take of that song. But they played the whole eighteen minute song, and it's not like it's tech death, but it's challenging in that it's very open and it's like just guitar for ages and. You know, it's like Doom, but more like Stoner, uh, Sabbath-style Doom, but just brought yep. closer towards ambient shit. It's hard to explain, but it's not Funeral Doom is what I'm saying. But yeah, man, I yep. really fucking dug it and thought it was really cool, like a really cool recording in itself. And if you didn't yep. tell me it was recorded live, I would have thought it was a studio album like yep. recording. So I think that's pretty sick. Love the tone. Killer, man. Killer. Mm. I've yet to see that band live, and I'm very, very keen on it. Yeah, Jay, um, the guitarist, is an awesome dude. Yeah. Um, Just yeah. with a, a quick Google, looks like they're playing next Saturday at Badlands, which could be cool. Launching the clip. Yeah, right. Yeah. I so, would love to go that if we're both free next Saturday. I might be, man. You want to go? Yeah, yeah, I do. Sick. Let's do it, man. Awesome. And I haven't heard of any other bands, and that excites me. Yeah, me too. Um. And I live up near you now, which will save Uber money. Neighbours. Everybody needs good neighbours. <laughs> um, the only other... Uh, we've talked so much metal today, which I love, by the way. So sorry to anyone who's not a metal fan. Not all the episodes are like this. But you got me into... Uh, well, back into the band Cradle of Filth the other day. Because I haven't really... I pretty much stopped following them. Everything they released after Midian pretty much did not interest me in the slightest. And I just assumed they were still similar sort of thing um didn't even know the album names or anything and you said check out hammer of the witches and i thought it was just some random old song that was hidden in the archive <laughs> somewhere but yeah searched it turns out it's an actual album released on nuclear blast only two years ago or something loved it mm. and i'm excited to listen to a lot more of it and probably sink my teeth into a bit more cradle the newer stuff just to see what they've actually been up to that i've missed and Give them another chance. I'd say don't do that at all. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I I bought um so damnation in a day, which was the first one after Midian. Yuck. And that was the next one after, was it? Yep. Mm. Not good. Then had I moments. Hearing nymphetamine going. What is this? Yep. Nymphetamine was after that, and then it was thornography, which mm. was just the spiral downhill nymphetamine i will say is probably better than damnation in a day but thornography is a return to damnation in a day mm. and then i still bought the next one which i don't even remember the name of i just kept buying the fucking albums would listen to them and then would just like give them to someone like you want this okay have it um it's like some french dude with three heads on the cover uh charles de gaulle or some shit mm. not good listen to it once and just went this is i can't deal with this and then that's when I stopped. I thought, 
I've given you eighty dollars. I didn't want to. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was telling the story the other week where the new, um, I was going to say, principal of Evil Dead Flesh, Dusk and her embrace the original yep. recordings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone in an in a review said it was the best. Hammer of the Witches was like the best Cradle album in years, 2015. And I went, as if, <laughs> move on. And then had a listen to it and went, fucking hell, this is pretty cool. Still very modern Cradle, but I, yeah. the riffs and shit, I went, fuck yeah, this is, I reckon Cabba would dig this. Anyway, mm. here we are. I did. Yeah, I did dig it. Uh, yeah, in that vein, I unfortunately heard another new In Flame song the other day. Oh. And they are one band who you just think they can't get any worse year after year. And they do. It Woe is, is me. Horrible, man. So bad. I don't know how anyone listens to that and how they are even still a thing. Give Considering me a question. You know, their first few albums are still up there and my favorite albums ever, I guess. But far out. Yuck. So I'll choose Cradle Any Day over that. Yeah, I haven't listened to those guys in fucking... What's the one about a playground? Schoolyard yeah, playground? Yeah, there's one. Something. Songs from a playground? Yeah, I just couldn't deal with it at all. I can't remember what the new one's called, but it is worse than that. Shit. And you'll hear it and you'll go, oh, that's why I stopped listening to them. Because sometimes I'll second guess myself going, oh, maybe I was in a bad mood or I'm just being some like metal elitist not liking the new stuff. But no, it is bad. Well, adding it to my fucking to listen to list right now. I won't put it on the show notes just in case anyone <laughs> is curious. Trust me, don't do it. No results in flames. Is it one word or two words? Two. Yeah, it's not coming up. On what? Apple Music. Oh, well. Oh, no. <laughs> it was on the... It was looking in my library. Oh, hopefully you've blocked it. Battles. Yeah, Battles. That's the one. What a name. <laughs> What what battles with your record label, <laughs> probably? Are they still on Nuclear Blast? Does it say? Uh, fucked if I know. Probably they're a mainstay. Have they always been with Nuclear Blast? Well, they were. Well, they for were all back the in the day. Stuff. Yeah. 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 A, still a there. A lot of bands seem to be moving off Nuclear Blast onto Napalm. I don't know if the times are changing. Recipe of the week. Uh yeah okay I made a stir fry the other day I guess you'd call it a stir fry. Um, basically, uh, actually, you know what? Fuck that. I went to this place. <laughs> I don't even know what oh, it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to hear about this. De Chitteria or some shit. And um, yeah, there's this Vice show. I've never watched Vice before, but apparently there's this rapper called Action Bronson and he went to this place just near the Rosie. There's like a Italian small goods butcher shit there. You ever been? I've seen it. I haven't been in. You've seen it. Me too. Always seen it. Never been in. Anyway, apparently he rocked up there on his show um, and they uh, make wicked continental rolls. So he got one made in his own honor because he's like famous. And I bought it yesterday and it was um, like crusty bread. So crusty, my jaw hurt at the end, but it wasn't a, a bad thing. Um, had salami, marinated octopus, fresh red chili. So it made it quite hot, but in a good way. Avocado and um, these like, it's like what Americans would call peppers, some sort of mm. type of peppers. Capsicum. Pretty much capsicum. I think maybe, let's say, big-ass pimentos, what you'd get okay. in a in a stuffed olive, but a big version, so like a marinated right. pepper. Cool. Yeah, really fucking nice, man. Would do again. 
an interesting awesome. experience. I did not think, I thought I'd vomit eating avocado, marinated octopus and salami together. I thought it would be not good, <laughs> but it was actually quite nice. And I bought this weird iced coffee and it was unhomogenized milk. And at the top, there's a thick layer of cream there and you move the bottle upside down, the cream doesn't move. So I just had to buy it. And um, yeah, I shook it for ages and the cream didn't budge. And then while I was drinking it, big hunks of fresh cream were going down. It was very fucking weird, but utterly delicious as well. Wow. Anyway, what about yeah, you? I'll be keen on going there. Uh, May recipe of the week, the Mount Barker Bakery in uh, Mount- <laughs> oh, oh. in WA. Actually, There's in a- Mount Barker. In Mount Barker. I was like, oh, they've opened one up in Perth. Did you get a no. curry pie from there? I got a butter chicken pie, actually. Couldn't help myself. Nice. 10 out of 10. Mainly because cause I spent a few days in Denmark and their bakery is, is all the rage. Um, supposed to be pretty much the best bakery in WA. And I've been there before, have always loved it. But this time, I don't know, it was just a bit expensive and didn't really blow my dick off or anything and got some loaves of bread and pies and things and just, it was okay. But then it went to Albany and then on the way back from Albany to Perth, Mount Barker Bakery mm. got, yeah, pies, loaves of bread, croissants, all this stuff stocked up and brought it back to, to uh, Perth and it was awesome. And every time I ever go to Albany now, I'll be stopping there. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times actually on my way to Albany. They do um, salad rolls and make shit fresh for you while you're there too. Ah, uh, fuck that. Get a pie. <laughs> yeah, you can't not. Uh, bargain of the week. Yeah, bargains with Ash. So, bargains with Ash this week. I've been doing a little bit of research into bases. Mm-hmm. And you would remember the band Corn. I remember them. And also probably... Uh, yeah, okay. So, Corn. They used those um, Ibanez sound gears. Do you remember them in the 90s? Don't. Not really. So they're kind of like a softer looking fieldy from corn. Google him and you'll see one, right? Anyway, turns out the bases of that series built in Japan in the early nineties. So from like let's say let's say eighty eight to ninety five mm-hmm. out of wicked woods with active electronics, but you know, like there's a high end and there's a low end. So if you go moderate end to high end you're looking anywhere between $400 and $800 and you're getting a base that you'd probably be paying fucking 1200 for these days, but it'd be from made in Indonesia or Korea or something. Again, no mm-hmm. disrespect to those things, but these this is back in the day before they were really cutting costs heaps. So okay. my bargain of the week, Bargains with Ash, is an Ibanez 1991 SR1500 and that is on eBay and it's comes with a hard case it is shipping from the UK 730 Australian with 71 postage wow so that's 850 bucks but what you're getting is like a fucking serious piece of equipment and what got me onto this rabbit hole of looking up sound gears was listening to Spirit Crusher by Death <laughs> no off, way off Sound of Perseverance Okay. And that song, you listen to the bass tone at the start and I just did so much searching on what in the fuck he used to get that tone. And he used sound gear basses and that was enough for me to just start going crazy looking. But 
that's just the one that I liked the look of. There's mm. there's a bunch of other ones like in like seafoam green for 450 bucks, and you know if you still get like a more moderate middle road one, the difference between that and the high end is more the electronics rather than the actual build of the base. So you could feasibly buy a cheaper one, throw some fucking um, uh, Bartolini active base pickups in there for a couple of hundred bucks and you got yourself like a fucking sick ass tone. Wow. So yeah, bargains with Ash. Awesome. Consider it done and more. Uh, yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. How long has it gone? Is it a bid? Just a perpetual auction <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's been up for a while. I'll, I'll look at it for another six months and if like you know fortune favors me i'll buy it if it's still there but yeah just some music shop in the uk mint yeah pretty cool cool man and you can uh buy claim the throne shit on ebay while you're there and i guess that's about us for today i need yep. to go and uh get back to life i got a new dog recently just been kept me busy this week um i'd it like is. to dedicate this episode to Floyd, the previous dog, and oh, his feet. Floyd's feet, studios. Yeah. The name remains. The body of the dog does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough. But yeah, I can't wait to meet your dog, actually. Be good. It's pretty cool. It's named after the show Mr. Pickles, the uh, satanic dog that kills people. This one's Mrs. Pickles and uh, is not satanic yet. Give us a song. How about that new Agalock? Done. Nah done too risky how about spirit mm. crusher the death one yeah <sighs> he's or what was another band we we're talking about saw okay cool all right that band saw we we're crapping on about before let's choose one of the songs off that yep and we'll uh link to it in the show notes whatever one we decide on beautiful uh let us know what you think if you enjoy it or not back soon cool back Cheers. to the primitive <laughs> Oh, your bullshit.